we could increase our revenue and our profit by just selling more to the people that are already buying. And another tip is a lot of times we forget and ignore the people who have already bought from us. They're like, I don't know if it's eight or nine times more likely to buy from us again than trying to acquire a new customer. And so now it's easier to sell to me again because I've already bought from you than you need to go convince a stranger down the street to come spend their hard-earned cash with you. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Snyder, and this is the Product Boss Podcast. I've helped launch and grow thousands of product-based businesses, even one of my own. And over the last 20 years, I've seen behind the scenes of businesses just like yours. Whether they are makers, manufacturers, artists, or food and beverage businesses, I have spent so many hours studying it all. I've discovered what makes them successful. What are mistakes they could avoid? How did they turn an idea into successful business? And what are strategies they have used to make more sales and be discovered by more customers? This is what this show is all about. Whether you're just starting out or you're looking to become a million dollar product boss, I'm here to give you the permission to chase your dreams, no matter how big or small. All you need is the right mindset, a little courage, strategy, and support, and you too can be the next million dollar product boss. Let's do this. Happy February, product boss. Okay, during this time of year, I'm all about making sure you're on track to make this your best year yet. And it all starts with making sure you have the right tools at your fingertips. That's why I'm so excited for you to check out Sales Hub from HubSpot, an all-in-one platform built with the tools and insights you need to communicate with your customers, create reminder tasks for your deadlines, and lean into the data when it comes to focusing on which products you should market next. Now, I know you might be thinking, okay, but how much is it going to cost? And I'd be asking the same thing, but guess what? Sales Hub is free to get started on. Plus, you can be up and running in just minutes. With Sales Hub, closing deals is no big deal. Head to hubspot.com slash sales to try it for free. Hey, hey, Product Boss. I am so excited for today's episode as I'm airing part of an episode that I was a guest on over on the How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy podcast, hosted by Lizzie Smiley. I really enjoyed recording with Lizzie because we both have similar passions in that we want to help women be able to live their lives of their dreams free from their career and financial limitations, right? That's why we built businesses. We want freedom of time, freedom of money, all the things. And we also help product-based business owners. Now, while Lizzie is an expert over on Etsy, she wanted to have me as a guest to talk about how we can diversify our revenue streams, right? Because Lizzie actually just had her own shop shut down by the platform. And if you've ever sold on that platform, you know how difficult that can be. There's a saying, you can't build on borrowed land. And in this episode, we actually talk about how we're playing in someone else's playground with their rules. And so we discuss and dive deep into the Etsy platform. And we talk about ways to increase your average order value, right? Which you can actually apply across platforms because she was talking about like, how do Etsy sellers get people to buy more? We also talk about why you shouldn't keep all of your eggs in the Etsy basket or in one platform in general, right? One sales channel is actually kind of scary if something happens to it. And I even give a hot tip on how you can start to grow your email list, especially if you're on Etsy. 
But even if Etsy is not your selling platform for your business, I know you'll find at least one takeaway in this episode. So please take a listen because what we talk about can be applied across sales channels and is really so important so that you are never stuck on one sales channel because if that gets knocked out, the business becomes dead in the water. Okay. So not to be like Debbie Downer over here, but this is just such an important conversation. Thank you to Lizzie for letting me share it with our listeners as well. And let's dive in. Yay, Jacqueline. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to be here. You're a machine. I'm super excited. Your content is incredible. Your podcast is, I mean, like one day I want to grow up and be like you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm super excited to share. We need to, from the very beginning, because some of this is going to be a little new to me. I've listened to a bunch of your episodes, but I haven't gone back to the very beginning with you, which I'm a little, I'm a little intrigued. I've got to go back, but tell us about you. What is your background? How did you become the product boss? Also, what an amazing name. Like, talk about a title. I mean, I have no idea. No, you know, it's funny when you look back at things and you're... Actually, I was just reflecting. My husband and I have been together for 20 years now. I was still in college when we met. And so I was actually reflecting on the last 20 years and everything that I thought in the very beginning, like when I was graduating school versus where I am now and how I never, ever, ever would have imagined this. I actually don't think there were even podcasts back then. So no, that wouldn't have been a thing. But I'd gone to fashion school and really in school, it was sort of like, okay, I'm going to design for other people. You know, as a creative, I used to draw dresses. I learned how to cut and sew and make all the things. And they said, go work for someone else. And I was hired out of school to work for a really big company. It was still kind of run like a mom and pop, moved to Florida, became the designer of all things, you know, celebrities like Sarah Jessica Parker and Jessica Simpson were wearing my designs. And it was really this really cool thing. I was hired back from there to work for a celebrity clothing line. And what was cool is that we were all like, you know, there are three of us, 25 and under running her company ultimately. So I was given a lot of opportunities early on as a creative to sort of learn the ins and outs of growing a business. I I didn't, my friends ended up at Nike or Gap or Abercrombie and Fitch. And so I was working more for mom and pop or for individual people. So I think just my experience in general landed me more in the entrepreneurial game. Like I was learning from people who were still the owners of the business, right? They weren't huge corporate companies. And when I left working for the celebrity brand, I was, you know, interviewing at really big companies like Uh, BCBG, things like that. And I had a neighbor who had a maternity line and she's like, hey, if you want to come work with me while you're in between looking for a job, let's do it. And I have an idea. She's like, what if I helped other people, you know, start clothing lines? Would you want to do that with me? I was like, sure. I'm 26. I know a little bit more (laughs) than other people at that point. And then, you know, she ended up getting pregnant with a second kid and she's like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. You can take the company. So I kind of fell into entrepreneurship at 26 years old with this opportunity of, we had three clients. We were, you know, we were leaving postcards and like the local coffee shop in downtown LA in the fashion district. And like, Hey, if you have an idea for starting a clothing line, come to me and I will help you design it, develop it, produce it and sell it. Cause I was given all these experiences working for these other companies And that was really the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey where I started Designer Consulting Co-op. I still technically have it. And like 15, 16 years later, and I've launched over 2,000 fashion apparel and accessory brands. And in that, I've no learned oh, no big deal. I'm always like, you know, 999. Jacqueline, it's just you're just a plebe like the rest of us. <laughs> 999 more companies than most people, right? If I said like a thousand. But 
I, you know, I was a designer. So I was ultimately like this agency for people. While I was doing that though, I was like, why don't I just start? I have my own ideas. I had ideas for clothing line. I had an idea for an accessories company. And so because I was doing it for all these other people, I also built one of my own. And the one that really did very well was called Cuffs Couture. And it was a wearable wrist wallet. And it came out with that where you put your ID, your credit card, your lip gloss. You didn't have to take a bag with you and you could kind of go out and about. I'm very low maintenance when it comes to... I don't have a Mary Poppins bag. (laughs) (laughs) And I came up with this idea. And, you know, what happened for me is I had the sewer. So I wasn't hand sewing everything, but I was definitely putting on the trims and gluing. I knew how to make things. My mom was helping me. My sister was helping me. And I ended up launching a website. I didn't think about Etsy because I think at that point it had to be handmade on Etsy. And so I wasn't making it with my own two hands. So I was manufacturing. So I was like, I can't do Etsy. So I built a website and literally launched to crickets. I was like, if you build it, they have not come. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I think a lot of us feel that way when we're launching these businesses. And that's one of the beauties of platforms like Etsy where the customers are already there. But I had done it and I got one sale and it was a friend. I got a second sale. It was the friend of that friend. (laughs) And that was it. So I've really had to figure out like, what am I going to do after this? How am I going to grow this business? And so that's when I started exploring wholesale. That's when I started doing in-person markets. I started finding these like other channels to grow. And I ended up, you know, Kim Kardashian, Carrie Underwood were clients that were my stuff. I sold to different 60 different countries. I had $100,000 in my first year as this kind of being my side hustle. And I ran that business for several years until I had a second kid. Yeah. I had designer consulting co-op. I had this. I had a second kid and people kept asking, well, where do we put our phones? Like our phones kept getting bigger and bigger. And I was like, I didn't have an answer. And I was just kind of like, you know, I built this business, I ran it and I'm kind of done with it. I think it's like had its moment. And so that's actually how the product boss started because I had met, she was a co-founder. We started this company together. She has exited and I've, I've actually bought the company from her. But when we met, she was an Amazon expert and I went to her and I was like, hey, how can I liquidate product on Amazon? And that was kind of the thing that started the product boss because her and I just started talking about product-based businesses. There was no one out there speaking about it. There were no podcasts. Everything was service-based or digital product-based. And that's really how we started the podcast. It was this idea of other people aren't talking to people about product. And, And also the way that I grew my business and it's our signature program, which is called Multi-Stream Machine, is this idea that there are multiple sales channels we can sell on. Yes. And that's really like the underlying part. So that's the story of how the product boss came to be and how I am here today. (laughs) (laughs) What year did your podcast launch? Uh, 2018. Okay, because you're amazing. Like there are over 700 episodes over there. Like it is is a lot of content. Mm -hmm. How often do you drop episodes? Two a week. That is insane. That is so cool. Okay. So this is why I was so excited to talk to you, Jacqueline, because we do love Etsy and it's, I had, I ended up on Etsy because I had trouble selling on my own website. So basically you've just cracked the code for the harder scenario, which props to you. Um, so it was totally coincidental that I ended up on Etsy, but I'm always telling, um, my listeners that you have to, if you want to build legacy, if this isn't just like a for now thing, you're trying to build something that will stay with you, that will grow over time, that will, um, that will give you a little more security because we see issues like shop suspensions on Etsy out of nowhere. We see 
copycats sometimes come in. We see, I mean, all different kinds of things can happen. I don't want to, I don't go negative to it, but I'm also realistic. And I encourage them, don't put all your eggs in the Etsy basket. You want to, you start on Etsy, you learn your basics. You learn how to frame your product. You learn how to take good pictures. You learn basic SEO and how to position, how to customer service. You let Etsy do the tech, but then down the road, you need to start building your email list. You need to start building your social media and you need to eventually launch your own website, which is why I'm like, we need Jacqueline because that's the piece that that's a much heavier load. So, um, but a little birdie told me your mom did Etsy. And this is part of like why you have an interest in (laughs) chatting with us because well, tell us her experience. What, what did that teach you and her about the Etsy platform? Yeah. You know, I grew up with a maker as my mom. She, you know, she had five kids. Salt of the earth. I know. Five <laughs> kids, creative person. She was given the opportunity, but she came from London. And so really, you know, she ended up being going to school to be a secretary because that was kind of in her generation what the women did. They didn't go to art school and pursue their creative passions. She became a wife and all the things. So, but I grew up her making stuff for me my entire life, whether it was like puff painted t-shirts or bows for my hair. You know, if she needed, if we said we needed something, she made it. She made all of our soccer banners. People would pay her to make the banners because she just, she's amazing. I went to school to learn pattern and sewing. I could always draw. My mom can come up with an idea and actually physically figure out how to make it and make it. She's incredible. And so I grew up with this woman that talked about the regret of not pursuing her dream. Oh, her creative dream, her doing it, but then always feeling like she didn't know enough about business. She always felt kind of like scared to grow, scared to make something happen because she's like, I don't know what kind of taxes I have to pay. I don't know what... She was always afraid like the government was going to come and get her, you know, because she didn't know enough about business. And, but she always created. And then when I remember when I was in high school, she came out with this idea of beanbag chairs that were clear and made a clear vinyl. She colored all of the beads. She figured out where to source the styrofoam beads from. I remember having like huge tubs of like garbage cans and painting the beads and making them colored. Now we see colored styrofoam and it's used to it. My mom's always like, I invented that. She did. <laughs> and she'd fill these bean bags. They were clear. She had like customized them and she'd go to in-person markets. This is pre-Etsy. Stop it. That's so cool. Yeah. And then she would sell, there was a local children's company that she found out had like 17 different stores and they wanted to order them for every single thing. And instead of her growing, she actually shut it down because she was so scared. She was scared. She She was scared. scared. Yes. And she had kids and she's like, how am I going to build a business and I'll do this? So after, you know, we're grown up, Etsy's around, she's divorced, she has more freedom. She's come up with other really cool ideas. She was making kids' baby blankets. And then she had found these like Moroccan baskets that she was hand painting, customizing with people's initials on it. And so... I encouraged her for Etsy because the thing that I love about a platform like Etsy is it does handle the business side for you. You make, you get the product, you know how to, you need to know how to make the listings and, you know, get the photos up and stuff, but they have the customer base. And the amazing thing now is like the transactions happen and they help you on the back end. Like even PayPal submits 1099s. So it was a way for her to reach more people. She's able to kind of do the same idea that I talked about where it's like she's got Etsy and a lot of her sales were coming from there, but she also branched out and sold wholesale. Oh, she, yay! She got into a store in Calabasas where the Kardashians have come back into this conversation. Kris Jenner had gotten a basket for every single one of them. I saw all the painted like initials she did. And it was their Easter baskets a few years ago. So she was also able to like have this diversification, but she's still a maker. And there's a lot of 
me having to tell my mom, mom, there's, there's more effective ways of doing this. Like, yeah, you know, whatever the picture is that you're showing them is usually the thing they're going to want to buy dealing with customer service on Etsy, you know, people is sometimes a struggle, but she had the same thing that you talked about, which sucks is that somewhere in England protested her best selling product through Etsy as like saying there was like copyright infringement and they shut her best selling product down. But when we looked at it, there was no comparison it wasn't a copycat. And so exactly what you said, that's my fear for people on Etsy or anyone that's like stuck on a a certain sales channel. Even with my mom, I had to like help her navigate through getting that, that item shut down to get it back live because it is that this kind of like struggle. But yeah, I know the Etsy life. I know the fears that go in it. I know all the stuff that we have to put into it. My mom does it. And I'm, you know, I'm always like, mom, you know, people pay me a lot of money for this advice. Like, you should take it. (laughs) (laughs) Jacqueline, I'll be your mom for a month. What do you need? Um, Seriously. Okay. But, but that, see, and that's the thing. Etsy ultimately needs to become a lead generation tool. I just got a DM today. I get them all the time. My sh- I've been building the shop. I've been listening to your podcast for a year. I'm doing awesome. I took this stuff. I built this amazing shop. It's my livelihood. It, they suspended me last night. Yeah. I don't mean say this to scare people. It's just that we have to remember that we are playing on someone else's playground. Yes. And it's a beautiful playground. It has all the amenities. They even have toilet paper in the bathroom. But like they can close down the playground. And so I just like to encourage people, pay attention to people like Jacqueline so that we can then, we can build it out. So, okay, what are some of the best ways that like, how how do you recommend people start building a plan B? What is, I just want to like let you go. Did you, have you ever heard, did you ever hear of Mork and Mindy? Are you, you're probably- Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 okay. no I- do you know, like with his, um, with Robin Williams script, there would be huge blocks where they would just be like, let Mork do his thing. <laughs> and I just feel like that we just need to let Jacqueline do her thing. Tell us about the plan B. I'm How so we- honored. Robin Williams comparison. <laughs> RIP. We love Robin I so know. much. Well, you know, I have a, a student of ours in our program that makes $4 million on Etsy with customized products. Yep. It's 4 million eggs in the Etsy basket. And so if something happens, she has a whole warehouse and team and machinery that rely on her and this business she's built. And I like, I say it's like borrowed land. You can't build on borrowed land. They have the rules. They can, like you said, shut the gate down, which I'm sorry that happened to you. So I'm never going to say turn off the faucet on the thing that's working. It's working. And you're trying, you're testing, you're trying, you're seeing what people want. You're seeing what people buy. You're really getting to know. But it's to have another sales channel. I would say at least starting with one. I agree with you. I love the idea of your own website. It's probably, I believe everyone should have their own website. It's probably the hardest thing to get going because we have to drive our own traffic there. It doesn't have other people's customers, but it's yours. And your email list is yours. Those are two assets that you as a company own that you get to, you know, you get to keep the data, which are your customers. There are other ways you can sell, like we teach about wholesale, Amazon, in-person, other channels. If you want to decide which is the right sales channel for you and your business, some people will never sell on Amazon. They don't want that. Some people, I think for Etsy sellers, wholesale is a great way to go. In-person is a great way to go. For sure, getting your own website because you want to start building that brand representation. But I would say try and add on an additional sales channel. And then we teach this and we've actually got this for your listeners. We have the bestseller secrets challenge coming up, which is totally free. And we're going to help them. And I think you're going to have a link for them in the show notes. Yes. In that we're going to help you identify what your best sellers are or what you can be known for. And that's the thing that if you know that this sells all the time, it sells well on Etsy, 
could we take a few of those pieces and move them to another sales channel? So it's not the entire collection, but if you're going to go wholesale or whatever, you're going to create a collection around it and then you're going to try and sell those on another channel because we know they work. We know people like them. We know they're priced appropriately because people are buying them. And then how can we then grow on another sales channel? So that's what I would say is like identifying your best sellers of what you're known for, adding on another sales channel. And then can we double your revenue by, let's say you make $2,000 a month on Etsy. Can we get you to $2,000 a month wholesale or $2,000 a month selling, I don't know, through Instagram or TikTok shops or some other sales channel. And now you have a $4,000 a month business and you have two sales channels you can continue to grow on. I loved how you just shared um, on a recent episode about like the different ways that you can actually scale your income. And it doesn't just have to be, you add more, like it doesn't have to just be one answer. Like I think you were talking about how you could get someone to add more to cart versus, yeah, talk about that a little bit. I think that's so interesting. And we don't think about that very much on Etsy sometimes. We're, we're thinking a lot smaller. Well, Etsy's hard because it doesn't have upsells and cross-sells. Like you don't right. have the technology in it. So whether you're doing this on, if you have your own, and I love Shopify. Yes, same. As a platform because it, it can grow with you. So whether you're a startup to, you know, an eight figure, which is like an over a $10 million business. I have to say that because when someone told me they were eight figures when I was still learning numbers. Is that a billion? <laughs> like what number are we going to? Anything Actually, past a million. What, like upsell and, and cross-sale mean too, because a lot of folks listening probably don't know what that even means. I will. So if you are, you know, a, a really good thing is like, if we think about the basic of like a grocery store and you walk or you're at Target, you're going to the checkout, there's magazines, there's gum, there's chocolate, there's candy. There's all these little things they're trying not to sell you. Not on your list. They are not written not on your Not on your list, list <laughs> but they are getting you to spend more money while you wait. It's an upsell. Right now, if we think about this from a digital perspective, a lot of times you might see this. Let's say you're shopping on a website and it's, and you know, you click on an item and then it says, people also like this or this pairs well with this. You may want this. So it tells you like customers pair these two things together. That's a cross sell. And another way an upsell can happen is like I add it to my cart and then as I'm checking out, it goes, but wait, you know, for $10 off, you can add this to your cart. Do you want it? It's like a one, a one-time chance. So there's lots of technology and stuff like that. And that's how it works on your, on your website. Another way you can do it is if you're in person and someone's buying a necklace and you're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I actually have this matching bracelet. Would you like to add the bracelet on for just X? McDonald's is great. You know, you want fries with that. Would you like to, when you go to the movies, do you want to like upgrade to a large for 25 cents? Those are upsells. And then cross-sells are to products like that could benefit them. So I think the thing is, is a lot of times we think in simple ways where we're like, we need more leads. We need more leads. We need more people to know we exist. And the more people we get, the more we can sell to them. But what if you kept the same amount of people, but you just sold more to those people? You got them to have an average cart order that was higher. So if they're normally spending, you know, $30 with you, could we get them to spend $45 with you? We could increase our revenue and our profit by just selling more to the people that are already buying. And another tip is a lot of times we forget and ignore the people who have already bought from us. They're like, I don't know if it's eight or nine times more likely to buy from us again than trying to acquire a new customer. And so now it's easier to sell to me again because I've already bought from you than you need to go convince a stranger down the street to come spend their hard-earned cash with you. It's podcast recommendation time. And this month, I am obsessed with the Hustle Daily Show, hosted by Juliet Bennett Ryla, Rob Lit Erst, Ben Berkeley, and Mark Dent. 
brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. I love their offbeat and informative takes on business and tech news. In one of the most recent episodes, they dive into how the pink Stanley Tumblr Rose is dominating water bottle sales. Thanks to internet fame, even though Stanley itself is a hundred year old company. And now you know that I've done an episode on this and I am obsessed with the Stanley story. So this goes even deeper into the Tumblr Rose color. Now, as a product boss, this is the perfect example of what can happen when you find and lean into a marketing strategy that works for you. Listen to The Hustle Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, product boss. Okay, just popping in really quickly with a very important question to ask you. Have you ever wondered why some brands become household names or are known for just one product? Okay, so I want you to think about it the durability of a Yeti cup, the high quality of an espresso machine, the comfort of an Ugg boot. You may be releasing products left and right thinking, this is the product that's going to be the one that works. Am I right? But here's the truth. Successful product-based businesses aren't making more. They're making more of what works. Because if you want to be a household brand or be the go-to for a product, you must focus on your best sellers. It will not only save you time and money, but it will lead you to building the business you've always dreamed of. And if you're wondering how to do that, well, I'm here to help. That is exactly what I have taught thousands of students to do in my free bestseller secrets challenge. And I'm inviting you to join me inside of it. I'm going to help you uncover your best sellers that you can go deep instead of wide and maximize the opportunities that you already have right in front of you. I want more money in your pocket. I want you to have more profit. I want you to pay yourself a salary beyond your wildest dreams. Okay. And so I'm going to teach you exactly how you're going to do that. No more doing all the things to grow your sales, no more endlessly creating products and no more wondering and guessing what your customer wants to buy. It's 2024. It's time to really focus in and tap into your best revenue opportunities. It's time to lean into what's working in your business so you can stop doing all the other things, right? It's wasting time and money and causing a lot of stress. So let's do this together. Join me inside of my free challenge, which kicks off on Monday, February 12th. Head to bestsellersecretschallenge.com and get signed up. Or you can just DM me the word best on Instagram and I'll make sure to get you in. Again, head to bestsellersecretschallenge.com or DM me the word best and I'll see you in there. Do you have a favorite story of someone that you've worked with that has just like started so simple, like their personal transformation is maybe your favorite thing because they started so unsure and like so simple and not really thinking they could do it. And then like even surprise themselves maybe at like what they were able to build. I think that these stories can be so fun and we Etsy sellers just geek out about it so much. Someone you'd love to highlight on your website or you've brought on the podcast maybe. I'm also putting her on the spot, you guys, because I'm just looking at her and like, this is going to be, this is going to be so good because she's got a ton of testimonials. <laughs> so somebody who surprised themselves of like where they started. Or even you, that it was just so cute watching them go from like, think, you know, like these are some of my, some of my favorites when the people are just like, I never thought I could do that. I never thought in, you know, a million years, years I could accomplish this much. 
So I know there was one mom, she, um, her name is Sarah and she has a caramel and sweets company. And so, you know, when she kind of first met us, she couldn't believe that she could price her items higher. So inside of my huh. program, multi-stream machine, we actually have a whole thing of a cost sheet and how to price your products. So many times, especially makers do not we charge. undervalue. Yeah. It's hard to charge for ourselves to work on something. We think, you know, this is how many hours? I remember my mom wanted to charge like $100 an hour for her time. I was like, mom, I know you're worth 100 <laughs> but we cannot, that will not equal out to our customers, you know? So a lot of times I'm like, if we were to hire someone to do that part of the job, what would we pay them hourly? So she just did not believe that she could price her items at the price point that she was learning she needed to price them at according to the cost sheet in my pricing module inside of our program. Wow. And so she did it. She like got really scared. She's like, oh my God, can I do this? And on day one, she raised the prices and she couldn't believe it, but like they were flying off the shelves. People were buying them. In fact, more people were buying them because sometimes when we undervalue our product and we charge less, people wonder what's wrong with it. Is, Is it crappy? Strange? Do you know why? I don't get that at all. I mean, I do. If you think about, let's just think about if we were to compare two cars and you were yeah. going to take like a Hyundai and like a Mercedes. Component-wise, they're made out of metal and engine and digital screens. So why do you value a Mercedes more than a Hyundai? It's like the reputation. It's like it that it carries. It's the value that it carries being like we know it's fancier. Yeah. So I drive a Kia. And Kia has the same CEO of BMW. They had taken, well, they had taken the CEO from BMW. So when Kia took the CEO, he made sure like the technology was super lux. Kias are a good car. You get like 10 year warranty. They are very, they are done really well, but they don't have the name of like a BMW, let's say. So actually I'm getting way more value for a $50,000 Telluride than if I were to get, you know, pay something else at a higher price point. So The thing is, is that, so if you go and buy, I don't know, a white t-shirt from Walmart or a white t-shirt from Nordstrom's and the white t-shirt at Walmart is like, you know, $8.99, maybe I'm going target prices, three or $4 for the t-shirt. And then someone shows you a $65 white t-shirt at Nordstrom's. Do you think that, okay, well, I'm going to get the Walmart one, but it's probably not going to wash well. I probably only, it's disposable fashion. I'll have it just for a moment and I'm okay if it disintegrates versus your expectation around the $65 shirt. But they might be made out of the same cotton with the same thread with the same shape. So it's perceived value a lot of times when it comes to money. Now, obviously, there's more things that have to go along with it. But if someone tries to sell you dollar caramel or $10 caramel, you might say, or caramel, depending on who I'm talking (laughs) to. You know, you might be like, well, what's wrong with the dollar one? Like, is that off price? Is it discount? Is it old? Is it old? Is it old? Right. So we undervalue our stuff and we underrepresent it, but sometimes just raising our prices will actually attract the right customer. That is fascinating. Racing to the bottom is not the way to grow a business. My problem with Etsy is that you all see each other on this playground. Exactly. And that's exactly, I I was going to say the same thing. That is almost what causes us to, that's why we have to match the lower price is because the customer isn't looking at you for you. They're looking at you against others. So pros and cons, right, of the marketplace. Yeah, and it's the product. And it's like, oh, I can get this banner or that banner for the bachelorette I'm going to. And you're kind of like, okay, maybe I'll look at the reviews. But if they more or less kind of look the same, maybe I'm going Mm -hmm. for the cheaper one. Mm -hmm. So you're being pitted against each other. And it's not building a brand that we're on there, like the representation of it. 
it's instead like product to product. Yes. And it's digital. So they actually can't touch, feel, or understand the difference in the brand. So she ended up, back to Sarah, like she ended up raising her prices. They flew off the shelves. So she goes, okay, well, (laughs) Jacqueline said like, you know, if they keep flying off the shelves, you could raise the price again. So she did. So on day two, she bumped up her prices to an even higher price. And within two days, she sold out again. She made $15,000 in two days by raising her prices on things that she could not move before. And it was a brand new business. So we undervalue ourselves and we think it's this race to the bottom, but maybe, just maybe on the platform you're on, you're playing the game on that playground. Yeah. But what if you could build your own playground? What if you could build your own place that you got to make the rules, that you got to compete in a different way, that you got to basically set your own rules and grow your business? And that's why I love this idea of multiple sales channels. And we call it like multi-stream machine of like revenue is that, Sure, you can keep the faucet turned on with Etsy. You can play the Etsy game. And Etsy brings so much for you. Mm -hmm. And then also, how do you grow off that platform so you have a more sustainable business? So the okay, this is this is such a fun conversation. So what Etsy sellers say to me though, because we talk about this, Mm -hmm. but but the question is, and fair, like how do we drive traffic? Because Etsy has what 90 million shoppers on there. And like, the nice thing is, is okay, we just have to perfect our SEO, set up our listing and have great photography. And then we can plug and play. Whereas like, I'm sure it was you who said it, like um, just because you build it doesn't mean they come. How do we start to drive traffic to our own thing if we want to start branching out and adding that extra stream? Or like, and like for that matter, like how do you, how do you even start wholesaling? Are these things that we can just like touch on a little bit? Yeah, I think- I teach an idea of, and we do this on the third day of the challenge, is like your path to profit. So every single business owner has a different path to profit. We all have a different outcome we want in our yes. lives. Some so people good. want it as a side hustle, right? They just, they still want to work full time. They like the security of their job, but it'd be great. Rachel Dunn Jewelry, Etsy seller, has applied everything I teach still to Etsy. She makes $100,000 a year on her side hustle of handmade <laughs> jewelry. I'll take that. Yes. Right? And so... She's still on Etsy and she's still selling it, but now she went from like $30,000 to $50,000 to $100,000 a year, just kind of learning some of the different ways that I teach it. So going back to this idea of what channel, I think it's thinking about what do you want for your business? Do you want it to stay a side hustle? What kind of revenue? We're going to work backwards from your life goals. Some people are like, yes, I want to go all in. I want to be a product boss. This is my thing. I even don't want to make it with my own two hands. I want to start to hire other makers. They can make it. I want to manufacture whatever your choice is. And I want to grow this to a million dollar business. Cool. Then you have other people that are like, I'd just like to add an extra $2,000 a month to my side hustle. Awesome. So we make that decision. And then we also have to make a decision of, okay, what do you sell? The scalability of it. Like, is it super custom? Does it take a really long time to make? Like, can we make a lot of them? And then you can kind of decide whether sales channel you go to. Wholesale. We do need to be able to make more of it and ship it to stores. You can do an element of custom, like my mom with her Moroccan baskets at this store she was selling to. They had them visually there. People would place orders through the store. They'd contact my mom. She'd make them. She'd had a turnaround time. She'd take them to the store, and the store would sell them to the customer. So there was like a whole other process. So it was still wholesale, sort of, but they weren't pre-buying. They like were almost like a showroom for people to see it. There's lots of different ways you can do this. I do love wholesale because when you ask, like, how do we get the customers to know about us? I love platform sales channels that have customers built in. Wholesale, all we need to do is make a relationship with buyers at other boutiques. 
They have the foot traffic. They have the customers that are walking in the door. We have to only sell to one person, a bunch of things. They're going to sell it to their customers. And people are going to discover your products on their shelves. That's what I did with Cuffs Couture. That's how we started to grow. That's how Kim Kardashian found my stuff. She went to a store. She had a photographer there because how else do you shop? (laughs) (laughs) And she, you know, she discovered them. She bought them for her sister. We got a picture. Now, doing your own site is not a bad thing. If you like to create content, you're either going to spend money or time. On Etsy, a lot of you might be spending money on ads, right? To drive traffic to your listing. Money or time. So do you want to create content and to figure out how to play the game of social media so that you can create an audience to sell to? You will need to be building an email list. And then you can send them to your Shopify site. You can sell through the platform. You can do that. But you have to put in the time for creating content. But I also tell people here, let me just tell you this. I have a client. She's one of our students. She has 1,500 followers. She sells like like lawn, like uh, bras and underwear for women. She has 1,500 followers on Instagram. Her company makes $25 million a year. You've got to be kidding me. 1,500 followers. I have another student. She was a maker just like us. She understood the bestseller secrets challenge. She figured out what her bestseller was. She ended up getting one product on Amazon within... 90 days, she made $31,500 with one product on Amazon. She hit $200,000 in her first year, left her full-time job. She's full-on product boss off of one product. Wow. So the idea is, is like we do, I'm, and she has 24 followers. So the idea is, is like we do not need social media. We just need sales channels that have customers built in. Or if we're going to drive them to our own sales channel, we have to do the marketing work and drive our own customers there. And you can do that through paid, organic, and partnership. Like, And so a lot of times I don't recommend doing paid ads yet, like Google and Facebook ads just yet. But paid, organic, or partnership, where you partner with someone else and you get in front of their audience. But really, we just need to get in front of more eyes. I'm so excited that you have more, like a more, there's more to it than just, you've got to figure out how to grow social media. Because I feel like, in this day and age, I mean, thank goodness we at least have TikTok now where it feels, you know, like we can, um, there's some virality as opposed to Instagram, which I've been trying to build a new brand on Instagram recently. And I got put in Instagram jail for 30 days, just trying to follow, you know, like you need to burn some sage. I need you. (laughs) (laughs) Mercury is not in retrograde and somehow this is all happening. (laughs) I could give you a list. It's been, I really probably do need to do something like that. I truly, um, I could give you a list of funny things happening. Um, but the point is, is that it's, it can feel very daunting to be like, it's going to be three years before I have a social media presence that even matters. Now your, your example with 1500 followers is intriguing. Are they, are they getting, are they generating that business from their Instagram or they, they're using several channels? No, you don't need Instagram. That was your point. Okay. Yeah. If I tell you all right now, because when I started my business, social media did not exist in the way that it exists. We had MySpace. <laughs> I don't know if the kids remember that. Um, Facebook was invented when we were in college. So, you know, we did not have social media as a way to market. It is such a blessing that we actually have access to people worldwide yes. in an instant. Like I can reach someone on the other side of the planet if they're following me. This is not available to us in the past. So it's incredible, but it's made us lazy. I say you can't spell marketer without maker. 
<laughs> cancel maker without marketer. I don't know. But the idea here is, is a lot of times we get really comfortable in wanting to be the makers, being the creative and making it. And we just hope that it sells. But we have to be marketers as well. Yeah. Marketers understand how to find and attract customers and how to keep them coming back to buy more, right? So it's marketing and sales. And so, yes, social, but I promise you all, I have so many stories of people that have very, very, very small followings wow. on social media. And they have Rachel Dunn Jewelry. She makes $100,000 a year on handmade jewelry Part-time. as her side hustle, does not have a big following. She does it on Etsy. And then, you know, I can also tell you, like I have someone who sells adult coloring books and she's blown up on TikTok shops, for example. Yes. And she's made like $200,000 since April selling adult coloring books. I'm like, yes. what are you doing? You know, <laughs> I'm doing it all wrong. <laughs> I know, right? Because <laughs> is she using Amazon's publishing house? Like, what, um, what is it called? Um, no, I, I don't know her back end exactly, but she didn't have to go viral with every post. She also didn't <sighs> need that many followers. She just needed certain things to go viral. And then she goes live and she sells. So you get to choose your own adventure. So if you like TikTok, if you like that playground, if you like Instagram and you like that playground, keep doing it. But I promise you there are other ways you can build your business that you actually don't need social. We all need a presence, right? We all want to have a presence yes. somewhere. Yes. But you do not need to figure out how do I get my business to go viral. It's just that if like you're doing in person and someone pops by and then, you know, the kids these days, they'll look you up on social. They're not yes. going to go to your they WWW. They don't want your business card. They want to, they're just going to go follow you on Instagram or screenshot. Right? So you want some present on the, presence on there. So if they follow you, they're like, oh, okay, I get it. I get what you're selling. But it doesn't have to be the way that you're always going to find customers. So there are just different ways. You just get to choose which way you want to do it. I'm so excited, Jacqueline. Okay, so let's say we obviously have people listening who we've been listening to tell them to scale and they're like, yes, 2024 is the year and this is exciting because I don't have to necessarily, I can find the right path for me. And that's, that is even like Etsy stories. What I always tell them is there's not just one way. There are so many different ways and that's why I always highlight stories of different people. So let's say they're listening and they're like, yeah, okay, I want to explore this. Um, I want to look at, I want to reverse engineer the goal that I want, the products that I have into creating the additional streams of income. What are some of the resources you have available and, or how can they take advantage? Like when is the um, seminar happening or the multi-stream machine happening? Okay. Well, we kick off our bestseller secrets challenge the week of Valentine's day. So it starts on the 12th, but just think the week of Valentine's day. Yes. Doors are opening on Valentine's Day because that's when we all fall in love and end up in a long-term relationship together. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I love that. We love we love commitment. We love it, right? We're committing to our, ourselves and business yes. owners. You're all listening to a podcast because you like to learn, right? You want to learn more about business. I actually just coached someone this morning and she's like, I was listening to your podcast before I even had a business idea. She's like, I just like to listen to business podcasts because it's like, you never know. It's the same people who watch Shark Tank that are like, I have an idea. Oh, One day I might Shark do Tank that. is crack. I'm... <laughs> Okay. I have a student right now that it's going to be airing really soon. And I don't know what the outcome is. So I'm really excited for her. Um, proud mama moment. I okay. know. Like, I know. Who cares what the outcome is? Like, I what? know. The outcome is they're on Shark Tank. I've just been coaching her on how she's going to have enough product to sell to people. Because they they estimate that you'll sell between 250000 to a million dollars in product, whether or not you get funded. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right? Maybe even so. more if you don't get funded. I mean, uh, yeah, but how do we, how do we like go further with you though, Jacqueline, if people want to like, so we, we're going to, we need to do multi-stream machine. Is that immediately available? And you said it's free or is that something that you run live? 
Um, okay, so it's always available, but if you do come and join us on the week, like the 14th, the week of Valentine's Day, there is a $500 off promo. So if you come oh. then, if you don't, that $500 or whatever you invest into the program, you will make that money back. I am so confident in that. I remember Galicia Johnson. It was like the night of one of the challenges. She's an Etsy maker. She was making all these like hand beaded bracelets. And just one of the things that she learned before she even joined the program, she learned about focusing on our best sellers, raising her prices. Within eight hours of getting off that call, she sold $500 worth of bracelets using what? what we teach. She wasn't making any money. And then literally a week later, she's like, I'm packing up $700 worth of orders going out just from like a couple of things that she made. So I am confident that if people even learn one little thing, I mean, when it comes to pricing, like pricing yourself and getting profit, even that in itself, or letting yourself off the hook about social media, yeah. it's it's going to change the game for you and finding community. I invite you, you can always go deeper with me inside of this program. It's an incredible program. There's almost 5,000 students that have like changed their lives and that's called Multi-Stream Machines. So we teach you about systems. It's like essential systems to have in your business. Uh, visibility. So ways that you can get visibility for your business. We do talk about social, but we also talk about email and other ways for people to find you and discover you, like how you get more eyes on your business. And then sales. So multiple sales channels that you can add on and we walk you step-by-step step through these sales channels. So you get to decide, okay, I want to. I, I think I want to approach wholesale. You watch that wholesale module. I walk you step-by-step step through it and it's not in the way of getting you on some sort of platform that exists out there right now, even though I love the platforms for like fair.com. Yeah. It exists, but it feels a little bit like Etsy. It's very crowded. It's hard to stand out. We're kind of waiting for people to come find us. So I actually teach you how you're going to go find a store owner and how you're going to sell to them. And then we also teach you Amazon. We teach you in person. We teach you how to optimize your website to sell. So that's really, I'll tell you, the most effective way for people who are looking to build their businesses to their first 100,000 or past 100,000 and you feel like you're only on one or two sales channels and you want to get stronger, that's how to go deeper. I'm helping folks who haven't, who are like, too scared to even take that first step. Like it's a really good launch pad, but so many of us have grown up together now and we need you to show us the next step, to start building some legacy, to start building some security. And you've got me totally geeking out on this idea that I can, I cannot do social media. I don't have to, you know, I can, I could wholesale or I could go just find, you know, I could just figure out how to upsell my products. There's so many ways You've got me. Yeah. You tell my brain is true. I can't even put sentences together. Yeah, I know. I even think like rare. figuring out how to drive them from Etsy, which that we do talk about this within the group, but like how we can, I know you can't get their email addresses. So do you want me to give you like a little tip real fast? You, we can't. And we we do have ways around that, but that are legal. I'm very, right. I'm very compliant with rules, but yes, tell me. Right. Is, well, you that. might already know it, but like people will give a coupon code to get, to join their email list for the Etsy platform. Is that legal? Yeah, you can put it like in your welcome message. You can put it in your listings. Yes. And yeah. you can. But then you have to email them because yes. <laughs> so many of you will get the emails and like never email anybody and then email them. And your customers want you to tell them where to go, what to do, what to buy. So then you invite them to come check out your website. You invite them and tell them about the other places that they can like shop from you and how you can meet that need. So I think a lot of times we think, oh, if I just give them the URL, they're going to go. But in fact, they really need that that invitation from you. So there is that work of plucking them from the Etsy world and moving them over to your platform, which is doable. But then even if you didn't touch your Etsy, you know, buyers uh, or customers, these other ways that I've told you, like there's so many different ways and you just pick which one works best for you. 
Okay, amazing. So our best next step is the bestseller secrets challenge. We all need to be getting in on that LinkedIn, and then we can go from there and start reverse engineering how we scale this. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time and your willingness to share with us. It, it means the world to us. We really needed this. Thank you. It was so great being here. And I can't wait to connect with your listeners on Instagram and in the group. They're the absolute best. So guys, thanks for hanging out with us today for another episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. And until next week, go make something awesome. I love y'all so much. Bye. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.